Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, this is Jasmine. Welcome to our podcast. And I'm Abby Jana, and this is Hello UX. We are a user-focused podcast aimed to help those pivoting into UX design. We are here to empower designers and to help those transition into the UX field by providing education, resources, and a platform to talk about their experiences. Whitney couldn't be with us for this recording, but catch her next time. Yeah, and for this podcast, Boot Camps, Choosing Your Perfect Fit. We'll be highlighting many important points to consider, and we will also provide you with resources to help you select your perfect fit. We wanted to share our opinions and experiences in hopes of giving you insight when considering these programs. There are many factors to consider, so let's start. First, schedule. Do you want to do something that would be part-time, a few times a week, or immersive with almost like a full-time job? And typically, the type of schedule will affect the length of the program, meaning for a part-time camp, you're looking for a six-month program, versus immersive, it will be half as long, three months. But there's also self-paced, where the student decides the pace they want to take. From what I recall from our research, Career Foundry, Block, and Springboard all allow for this. So this is pretty cool. Yeah, it really is cool. Learning style is another important factor. We all don't take in information the same way. Some of us are fast learners, and some students just need more time with the material, and that's okay. But when considering a boot camp, you have to figure out which curriculum is more accommodating to your learning style. And accessibility is also a big part of this. How do instructors accommodate students with learning disabilities? And also, a big factor that will definitely play a huge role when choosing a boot camp is cost. Yeah, for sure. Yes. <laughs> okay, but uh, not to worry. Some boot camps do offer scholarships. Other allow you to pay your tuition and monthly installment plan. And others will wait for you to graduate. And some even have a job guarantee. These are really good points. As a prospective student, this is the kind of mindset you have to have when it comes to choosing the boot camp that works best for you. We wanted to hear what other UX designers had to say about this. So we reached out to our UX community and asked UX boot camp graduates to share their experiences with us. We began by asking, what is the most important aspect when choosing a UX boot camp? Here's what they had to say. The quality of the education and graduate reviews. I want a reputable institution with instructors who understand what they're teaching and are passionate about it. Reviews are tricky because they're usually cherry-picked, so you have to investigate to find the most honest ones. Ultimately, I chose GA because after a lot of research, it seemed like their curriculum was structured on basically completing a portfolio. Um, Definitely, uh, I had three aspects, time, location, and money. Ooh, those were some good responses. Yeah, they were. And I agree with the first response. It is hard to read reviews and then make a decision based on those reviews because you really don't know these people. Uh, My advice would be to ask around, maybe become part of a meetup group or start asking your peers on LinkedIn, especially if you know someone that went through a boot camp, ask them about their experience and what advice they can give you. And people are always so open to sharing their story anyway. Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. 
I think return on investment was the biggest thing for me. Knowing I was going to spend all this money now to further my career later, I saw it as like an investment in myself and my career as a UX designer. Listen to what this flat iron graduate had to say about this. Return on investment is how I thought about it, is I'm making this career switch and what are the elements and what are the things that I'm learning and what are the alumni getting into now that they have graduated this program? You know, what was their return on investment and what made this such a powerful boot camp um, for these alumni to get these jobs and kind of how many hours did they put in and how, what was the grit factor behind it? I agree so much with this, specifically when it comes to a boot camp, the prices are not cheap. Nope, not you at can, all. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, you can expect to pay anywhere between like $1,100 for a more affordable boot camp, um, all the way up to 15000 on the higher end. Ooh-wee. When I'm spending that kind of money, I'm really investing in the boot camp itself and what they're promising me. So, one, like the relevance and applicability of the curriculum that the instructors are teaching. So, like the core design values and like the technical skills, right? Right. Yeah. And also, I'm investing the time and the energy I put in will result in me gaining the knowledge and producing work or a portfolio in this instance that will help me transition into the UX field with a job. Right. I like how you said investing in the boot camp uh, because some boot yeah. camps have the nice option of a job guarantee. And this tells me that the boot camp mm-hmm. is very confident in their courses and program, right? Um, I know places like Career Foundry, Springboard, Block, and Design Lab all have some type of program like this and selected locations. So typically, the way this is done is that the boot camp will return your money or part of it at the end of the boot camp. Um, if you don't find employment and within a, a given time frame that mm-hmm. they gave you. So typically I saw that it was like a three months post um, graduate. This gives me the feeling that both the student and the boot camp intern like in a partnership, right? We're both yeah, are invested exactly. in the end result. And yeah, job guarantee is just a really nice option. It's kind, it kind of like helps students know that their investment will pay off with a new job in the end. Right. I also see how it can um, make you a little like more confident about your choice Definitely. when it comes to pivoting into that new career and spending all this money on a program. But like you said, it's like an only select locations but it's still really nice right and it's still uh, worth looking into right yeah um i know some people can take longer than the three months to find an ideal job and so during this search time it would be nice to at least have some of that money that was initially invested to help them carry them through until they do find employment yeah exactly y'all have heard of that saying if only i knew then what i know now i would have done things differently Yeah, I've heard of it. Not the y'all part. That's definitely a Texan thing. Yeah, probably. Well, (laughs) we had that conversation among ourselves, but we wanted to know what our fellow designers thought and looking back on their own bootcamp experience. And so we asked, what was one thing they wished they knew before starting their bootcamp? And here are the insights from a Flatiron graduate. Um, I kind of wish I knew how in-depth these programs go. 
um, because at the beginning of it, you know, there is a lot of marketing around become a UX UI designer and get a job within, you know, such and such months of graduating. And I have nothing against boot camps and or my boot camp experience, but I wish um, I knew that they didn't go as in depth as I thought they did um, because you don't know what you don't know, right? And so looking back at that experience, I wish I knew how in depth they were going into design um, more than the fundamentals of design and design thinking and human-centered design and kind of the things that they, they teach you. Um, and how technical they were getting, you know, the tools that you would be using. Um, what are the things that, you know, industry professionals look for? Um, I kind of wish I knew that. I love how she says, you don't know what you don't know until you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, that was definitely my my sentiment. I assume mm-hmm. we're going to learn equal um, equal amounts of design fundamentals and UI fundamentals, but... It was that was not the case at all at GA. Um, in our mm-hmm. boot camp, it was more of the design principles and uh, the basics of like wireframing. We did cover visual design elements like color theory and typography, but it wasn't like that deep dive that I was expecting. We just like scratched the surface, and everything else I had to like learn on my own time. I think that was just because we're like short on time, but. Thank God for YouTube. <laughs> right. And I think they might have just recently changed that too because I recall mm. getting an email and they were kind of offering this portion to graduate alumni. Mm-hmm. And so I think they just recently changed that about that. But that's good. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. I also agree with her that I would have appreciated more guidance in regard to like the technical aspect of being made more familiar with the different industry tools that mm-hmm. are available in the market. And um, also like the tools industry professionals are looking for, right? When they're yeah. hiring. For example, uh, maybe something that would have you know been helpful is um, in regard to wireframing and prototyping platforms. Which one is best to do? Um, like for example, be able to work collaboratively with other designers in real time, mm-hmm. um, or which one makes it easier for me as a designer to be able to hand off my design to the web developer? Yeah, exactly. And I believe this takes us to our next powerful point made by a GE graduate, and here's what she wished she knew beforehand. Looking back on my time at GA, I wish I had better um, tried to structure some of my early work or projects in the context of building a portfolio. The way the GA course is set up is we essentially work on maybe like four portf- or pieces that could be used in a portfolio. Two of them aren't very well structured and they're almost like just test projects and then the other two are meant to be very well fleshed out portfolio pieces but we all know when applying to jobs that you need more than two items to show on a portfolio so I really wish that starting with my first project and then the second one that I did that I had thought about how I might use these pieces within my portfolio even though they were very short projects and From what I remember about them, um, we weren't given a lot of time to work on these projects and we weren't um, given a lot of guidance on how they should look like. I think just knowing um, if I had had the mentality that every single piece should be a portfolio piece, 
it would have saved me some work that I had to eventually do going back um, when reviewing all of my pieces and getting my portfolio together for job applications. I almost had to redo entire projects because I knew that I needed to create them in a certain kind of way to then display my work and talk about them in a job interview. Okay, so we both went to GA. What are what are your thoughts, Jasmine? Right. I all I could think of was like, yes, girl, yes. <laughs> I'm so glad you know she mentions portfolio because it's probably one of the most important pieces that you will have, you know, as you leave your boot camp. And, you know, all job applications will ask for your portfolio link as well as your resume. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty essential piece, right? Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, it, it, I mean, it's going to have your work samples, case studies, your contact information. And typically this is the first point of contact with a recruiter, right? Mm-hmm. Looking to fill up job role. Yeah, exactly. Um, I agree with you. I do. I think this GA graduate has a great point because... Again, like I remember feeling mm-hmm. the same way when it came to like reworking and redoing all of my earlier projects. And I think the I think guidance is key here. Um, right. Yeah. So like from my perspective, I see it as I'm new to the industry. I'm new to this career and I'm here to learn from the seasoned veterans so like the instructors on what to do and like how to break into this field. And a portfolio is a major part of that. And ultimately, right. it's the thing that helps you get the jobs, just like you said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I understand the need to like ease us into creating projects, but I think setting the expectation of what is needed is important um, because right. when something is new um, and if you don't have like the proper context and the proper guidance, then it just becomes just like this ball of confusion, really. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one way to prevent this from happening is like introducing the idea of the portfolio earlier on in the schedule. So like I remember our instructors um, referencing the word portfolio and like case study um, within like the first week or two. But like I didn't really understand the full capacity of like what that was. Right. And, like, not fully making that connection that, like, these projects will be turned into case studies to go into my portfolio. And not all schools are going to be clear about this, but it's good to go in with the mindset that all of your projects will end up in your portfolio. So having that mindset's going to, um, having that mindset going into the boot camp will help you, will help prevent you from being confused, even if your boot camp doesn't stress that. So like, right. yeah, so mentally you have to say, okay, these projects and pre- presentations have to be done like this. It needs to include these types of details so I can turn into a case study for my portfolio like later on. Right. I mean, I all I remember from uh, mm-hmm. portfolio week was that it was super stressful. Yeah. I felt like a chicken without a head. Um, I did not sleep at all. You know, I was trying to work on not only making my portfolio look stellar, but I'm also working on my case studies and, you know, be able to put all the information I need, but yet be concise. Right. And I felt so overwhelmed and I'm sprucing up all my deliverables as well. So they could also look presentable. And the time it came for the presentation day, I was so exhausted. And I remember just. At one point, I was just there showcasing my prototype, and I wasn't even saying anything. I was just like, play. You know, it was awful. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry, Jasmine. Yeah, I think I'm getting PTSD just thinking about it right now. 
Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, you remember way more than I did from that week because that week was just, like, a blur. Right. I I was just, like, a ball of stress. Like, I just... I just blocked it out. <laughs> yeah, I just think I was there in body, but not in mind and soul, definitely. <laughs> okay, so on to our final question. If you had the chance to do it over, would you choose the same boot camp? Okay, Jasmine, before we um, hear what our boot camp graduates had to say, I want to pose this question to you. If you had the chance to do it over, would you choose the same boot camp? Why or why not? Be honest, okay? <laughs> okay. Well, um, honesty here. I personally can't say I would have gone through GA. At the time, it was the only boot camp that was a partnership with the Adobe Digital Academy, so I really didn't have a choice. But now, after we did all our research, you know, you have to understand, I have a master's degree, and so I'm more familiar with the more structured curriculum. So I would have selected mm-hmm. something that is more in line with that type of format. I see. How about you, Happy Jana? Um, I, it's just, I guess, it's just gonna have to be a no for me. (laughs) Uh, But like Randy Jackson, no. (laughs) (laughs) But let me explain. Let me explain. Um, Okay. I just think now there are just so many like more programs out there, and specifically for me, um, getting a full time position has been um, really challenging. So I think I would go with the program that has a job guarantee. Um, right. Yeah, and I'm not, <laughs> and this is not to like hate on GA or anything, because I, right. um, I originally chose GA because it was the most established and the schedule worked for me. And during that time, I learned a lot and I definitely got a thorough intro into UX. But for some of the points we mentioned earlier, I think I would just choose another program. Yeah, so we may be a little biased (laughs) in our responses. (laughs) But, you know, so we can counteract to this. We will now listen to the responses from a former UT Austin UX UI bootcamp graduate and one from the Flatiron graduate. Absolutely. It's corny to say this, but it felt like the stars were aligned. I had a fantastic instructor, the teaching assistants were incredibly helpful, and my classmates are wonderful people. Everything about the experience is memorable in all the best way. I would, I would. I think Flatiron definitely hit a sweet spot within, you know, the six month uh, uh, kind of approach to design. I mean, because design, again, is such a vast vast, (laughs) endless, really, it seems, uh, career field that I feel that, you know, they really nailed it on the head with kind of equating the time it takes to solidly understand and learn the foundational things within design. I love these two responses. It just, Yeah, yeah, it like shows that there are so many designers who actually enjoyed their bootcamp experience. Um, and there, there may be like up, ups and downs and you have to work hard, but the, if, if, if it fits, it fits, right? <laughs> right, yeah. right. And they, you have like great instructors. They feel like they've learned and they're ready for the working world. So basically they felt like they got their money's worth. And like, weirdly, that just really makes my heart happy to hear. Well, no, it does. It does. I know what you mean, girl. 
Well, this has all been great information on different UX bootcamps and experiences, but I do want to point out that there is another path available for those who can't do a bootcamp at the moment for XYZ reason. Abijana, did you know that there is another option? What? Another option? Mm-hmm. There is another way to become a UX designer without having to go through a bootcamp. What? What is this sorcery? Right, right. <laughs> and there's a plethora of resources available online that you can find. So for those of you that want to go through this path, and I must somehow something tells me that you would have to be very disciplined and very committed. Yeah. Um, um, but also maybe those of you that just want to start dipping your toes into UX design without the commitment of a bootcamp yet. There are two amazing resources out there. One of them is the Interaction Design Foundation, not to be confused with their bootcamp. But for an affordable $16 a monthly subscription fee, you have access to all different kinds of UX courses and you're giving a certificate of completion afterwards. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is. Yeah. And the next one, which is actually um, something that you pointed out to me, UX Collective has just created and released. Okay, let me get ready because this is a super long title, but it's pretty cool. (laughs) The Ultimate Free Guide with all the secrets you'll need to know to become a fabulous design unicorn. Right? Isn't that cool? (laughs) Yeah, I love the name. (laughs) Right? And what this is, it's a structured guide for entry-level designers addressing the needs for those who are starting right now. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. I I personally have have uh, already started it just to you know brush up on my skills. Oh, so nice! It is a good. It is mm-hmm. a good. Um, it is a very good resource. Um, but another good way to immerse yourself into UX design is going to meetups and events. And right. okay, so right now with everything uh, that's going on with COVID, we're not going anywhere physically. But if you just Google events in your area, um, sites like Eventbrite usually just have tons of virtual events that you can attend online. Um, Creative Mornings is a creative community that holds events and field trips um, for all like individuals in in a creative field so right. right now they are doing online events and those are always so much fun I, don't, I, yeah, I haven't attended one yeah. virtually but from what i remember going to them personally yeah those were so much fun yeah they're just like they're just very unique <laughs> they're just very unique mm-hmm. um, um when it comes to just like helping creatives find like an outlet in a community for support Um, and they have chapters all over the world so they are just like a really good resource Um, workshops are also a good way to begin meeting people and learning different uh, different skills and topics Mm -hmm. Um, in Austin we have the Austin Design Week which is usually this like big event um full of like meetups and you just get to like meet and mingle yeah. with other creatives and i was gonna ask you yeah, are you volunteering year, this year again yeah yeah, oh, yeah. Cool. so last year i volunteered yeah and this year um i'm actually gonna be on the planning board oh wow <laughs> cool yeah yeah and this year they're going virtual so anywhere you are you can you can join and um just keep an eye out for all those um events that they'll have Um, But yeah, I think overall, like, this is like an investment in yourself and in your future. So definitely just think about what that return on investment looks like to you, you know? Right, right. And like we mentioned in the beginning, we and our fellow UX designers shared and talked about our individual experiences 
but it's really up to you as a listener to decide which path is best for you. Yeah, exactly. That's the end of this conversation. Make sure to tune in next month for part two, Boot Camps, Finding Your Perfect Fit, Apps and Resources. We'll be exploring different apps and platforms available out there to help you find a boot camp that best fits you. Yeah, and before we leave, I would like to invite you to like us and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. And now we also have a Pinterest page. Very exciting. So we created boards with tons of pins related to UX design. And this month, we'll actually be adding our own infographic, UX Bootcamps Find Your Perfect Fit, where we've done the research for you. And so you'll be able to look at a glance to different bootcamps, and at least we're giving you a starting point to begin with. So that's pretty cool. And also, we have YouTube channel. And again, we've created playlists with different UX design processes and topics. If you would like us to cover a specific topic or you're just dying to give us some feedback, <laughs> send, yeah. us a, yeah, send us a message via our social media channel or send us an email at info at hellounx.design. I'll repeat that again. Info at hellounx.design. Lastly, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast available on Inker, Spreaker, and Apple Podcasts. And just leave us a review. Shout out to our sponsor, Overflow Digital, a digital agency specializing in all your professional website needs. We aim to create dynamic websites that will positively impact your business, meeting you at the crossroads of data, design, marcom, and UX. I'll leave you with the Steve Jobs quote. The only way to do great work is to love what you do. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking. Don't settle. And this wraps up this episode. So thank you for listening. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Bye.